Welcome to Build, this is Maggie. Today, I get back into the series on how we work at Drift. We've covered the one-pager, story time, the organized phase, really the first sort of two-thirds of the J-O-B framework, which stands for Job to be Done, Organize, and Build. And today, I have Trevor Rundell, aka T-Run, back in the studio to talk about the kickoff. This is how we transition from organizing or discovery into building. And I know discovery and customer research is a super hot topic these days, but at the end of the day, we still have to build something. And this is how we get started at Drift. So we've covered the one pager, we've talked about story time, we've talked about the design phase. Today, we're going to get into what happens once you're done with discovery, you're done with the design phase, and that's the kickoff. So, Tiran, in your own words, what is the kickoff? Okay, so the kickoff is a super important moment in our JOB build lifecycle that we do. And it's the moment that you transition as a team from the super kind of divergent, open question, organized phase into the more convergent, milestone-driven build phase. So we're executing rather than discovering. Okay, so take me through what the meeting looks like. Okay, so this should be the shortest meeting that you have all day. It's very simple. The principle that I usually come into these meetings with is actually something from Turn the Ship Around. We were just talking about this. Mm -hmm. And it's this notion of certified don't brief. So rather than one person being in charge of bringing the checklist of, okay, engineers are responsible for this and the designer is responsible for this, each individual on the team should come into that meeting with their own checklist of what they're delivering and by when. Okay. So you get into the meeting and you just go around the table and it's like, hey, I'm the tech lead. I'm going to do this by this date. Yeah, pretty much. So the challenge, I guess, with the kickoff is that it's really the sum of how well you've done all of the other phases leading up to the kickoff. And that's why it's the shortest meeting. And if you haven't done all those things, you haven't finished the organized phase yet. And so that's like a signal for the team to bail out of that meeting and go back and finish answering those open questions or finish the good, better, best design or finish the tracer bullet that they're working on. If you haven't completed all those steps, you can't kick it off. Yep, and I think when I've seen kickoffs go really well is when typically we'll have a designer might put up the mock-ups that they've made on a screen and then everyone kind of talks through what what they're going to build and when it's going to be done. And then you might, if you start to see people ask like, oh, Wait, so on that screen, it's going to do, what's it going to do? That, to me, is always a signal that we haven't finished that. That's one of the things I always use. And then it's like, okay, we have to, like, meeting canceled, go back, we're not on the same page. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Finding those exit ramps in that conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I think if one person is, like, leading the meeting, it's, uh, I guess, the PM and tech lead's responsibility to, like, look for those moments and call them out when they happen. Yep. And how do you, as a, one of the engineering leaders, how do you help the teams pick the date? Because that's the other part of the kickoff that I think is really unique and important. And that's it's not just that we get into a room and we agree face-to-face on exactly what we're building. but And it's kind of the transition from, like you mentioned, the discovery phase to that to the delivery phase. But we pick a date. So tell me how you help the teams do that. Well, I think something that we've started doing a little bit more diligently recently is not just picking a date, but mm-hmm. picking a series of dates, milestones that you're looking for to get to that ultimate release, which I think has helped a lot. And one of the reasons why it helped, if you pick an arbitrarily long out in the future date, it's really hard to estimate exactly how long something's going to take. The less likely are you are to actually like hit that date, right. right? And so the trick is to almost pick 
like work backwards from that date and like, okay, if we're going to release to the whole population at some point before that, we have to release to our beta customer or mm-hmm. we have to see some success in our free user base or something like that. And identifying what those milestones are and identifying how you're going to get to each of those mm-hmm. is, I think, the more interesting part. Right. But then at least in the kickoffs I've been a part of, we do, and Tira and I don't actually know if we're both on the same page about this topic, we always pick a date because I think it's so easy as a team to, even if you were to pick those milestones, like, yes, I know we need to release to early access. Yes, I know we need to release to this this population before we can get all the way out. And we, this is how we're going to evaluate success at those different points. But without a date, you don't have accountability to actually getting your work done and evaluating whether you have underestimated the amount of work that this thing is worth doing. So do you think that the, I mean, the, the challenge is always, is the date arbitrary? Right. Which it kind of is, right? Like we pick arbitrary dates mm-hmm. with the expectation that they're a forcing function for us to actually like really define what goes into that. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think a lot of people struggle with because we, we've done all this work to like scope things and like good, better, best. And like we have all these requirements. And then if you're picking, you know, an arbitrary date to fit all that stuff in, like mm-hmm. how do you possibly do it? The reality is without picking that date, you're not going to do it. It's like the you will fill the space that you give yourself no matter what. Right. And I think that's that to me always comes up, especially as a tension traditionally between product and engineering, because as a PM, I'm accountable to getting things out the door, even though, of course, traditional, you know, accountable, but you don't have ownership over it. Like I'm not coding. I'm not in charge of making sure we hit the date, but I'm also in charge of making sure it gets out the door. Right. And as a tech lead and engineering leader, like you share that responsibility. So we're both really bought into to needing a date. But then it's sort of how do you help the team understand that the date matters? Yeah, that's so tricky. In a lot of ways, I mean, the date doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And so you have to trick yourself into believing <laughs> it almost, right? And part of the, the trick, I think, is is making sure that you're not picking a date that's too far out. Right. If you're picking a short yeah. enough date, like, it, it's at least, like, feasible for you to think that, like, oh, yeah, you're going to get there by that time. Yeah. And it's also, I think, maybe what the challenge is when you talk about dates in the context of a kickoff is that every individual date feels arbitrary and probably is because you just have to draw a line in the sand to evaluate, to hold yourself accountable to whether you're actually making progress. But it, when you zoom out and you think across your whole product team, if you're not picking dates and staying accountable to them, no one's ever going to do anything. So I think that's like on a micro scale, it's arbitrary, but on the macro scale, it's that's the only way that you can effectively run the business. Yeah, that's like the heartbeat of your team to yeah. actually be able to show that progress and feel like you're making progress. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's actually really important for the team to feel like they're making progress towards those things. Yep. So I, I guess to that point, the the important bit for the team is to to have that heartbeat of how they're doing mm-hmm. week to week. And like just giving themselves that heartbeat is the is the purpose of having those dates. Right. Yeah, and that's one of the things that allows us across our whole org to make sure that we ship a new feature every single month. Sure. Yeah, right. as a product lead, you want to be able to see that visibility into all of your teams across the board so that you're not, you know, packing eight releases all mm-hmm. in the same week. Yep. So, coming back to the kickoff itself, what happens when people start to ask questions? Like is how do you when someone comes in and they're looking at what they're going to do and then you start to come up with edge cases, what do you do? I mean, that sounds like one of those huge red flags of like we didn't finish answering some of the open questions, which mm-hmm. maybe is okay. I'd say a, a fair number of the kickoffs that we go through, we end up in that situation where it's like, oh crap, we we missed something. 
that's fine. We don't like just forge ahead. We go back, we answer those open questions, we reschedule the kickoff for when we have those answered. That's totally okay. Right. And that's hopefully an expectation that we're setting across the team, that it's okay to fail at the kickoff and do it again. What happens to teams who don't do kickoffs? Ooh, yeah. So because the kickoff is very much a function or the quality of the kickoff is very much a function of the work that you put in ahead of time, if you skimped out on the story time, if you skimped out on the tracer bullets, if you skimped out on the open questions, it's going to be really hard to have a successful kickoff. And so a lot of teams just kind of like brush past it. Mm -hmm. And usually how they end up, this is like the symptoms that we see from teams that do that. They don't have really strong success criteria. They end up uncovering a lot of kind of black hole problems very late in the process, right before they try to do a release or something like that. And the whole thing just kind of like slips. It becomes like a very frustrating thing as a member of that team to feel like you're constantly running up against walls that prevent you from hitting your own milestones that you set. Right. And then I also think it makes it really hard to communicate your progress to anyone, which means that as a team, you're feeling demotivated because you're not, you don't feel productive. Whoever the management team is who's looking at your work is frustrated because they don't understand what you're doing and why and when. And then kind of everyone spirals and then it's really hard to pull out of that situation, which I know we, we've we actually been in together. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. We've we've gone through all this. Yeah. I mean, the other yeah, we've skipped the story time. We've kind of glossed over the discovery phase, skipped some kickoffs. Well, then the other question is what happens when you go through story time and your tracer bullets and everything and go through the kickoff, but you actually did miss something in all those and mm-hmm. you, you didn't realize it until very late in the process. Yeah, so what do you how do you help teams handle that? Ooh. I mean, <laughs> Help me. (laughs) I'm calling this out because we've had this discussion and you were not particularly happy with me when this happened. Yeah, I guess it's a question of you could could have a great kickoff because if you think that you have already uncovered all of the details you need to know about a technical problem, then you could go into the kickoff feeling super confident that you've done all the discovery, you've you've figured out all the sort of black holes or rabbit or or like paths you could go down and you feel really good, but then you start building and you you all of a sudden you realize that we actually didn't truly understand the problem that we were solving. Yeah. I think this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently, just in terms of like risks, like unknowns. And that's probably an important thing to discuss during the kickoff of what if something comes up? What could we possibly see in these milestones that would be an off-ramp for us that would cause us to to pause and reevaluate what our plan is? Mm -hmm. Uh, And those things inevitably come up in every single project. There's always something that you didn't think of or you shift that first milestone and it doesn't get the result that you were looking for. Do you forge ahead as a team and just keep going anyways, or do you kind of root cause why that happened and and maybe reevaluate the plan as a result? Yeah, I think it really depends a lot on what those success criteria were. I could see probably the right answer is to pause and do a root cause to, to really make sure you understand the why, because I think it's also really easy if you're really, especially if you're emotionally bought into the thing that you're working on, to see, to sort of gloss over why and to make excuses for it and to say, well, I know why that this didn't go the way we meant to go because we haven't finished and we, we believe in it. It's going to be amazing. Don't even worry about it. We'll get there. But I think every time, almost every single time that's happened, that was the wrong choice. Yeah. I... And even if it would have been the right choice, it couldn't have hurt to do the RCA. Yeah. It just feels really bad to to miss those arbitrary dates that yeah, we set for ourselves sometimes. Definitely. Right? Yeah, but I think that's also part of part of what the expectations around a kickoff are that you come in, you've done that work, you know what you're doing, you have the date, everyone knows what they're responsible for. But there's this shared there should be hopefully a shared understanding that it's okay if 
you uncover new information, you just go through the process again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the the things that discussing those risks up front can do. Mm-hmm. Like, what if, worst case scenario, we launch this thing and we get a whole bunch of negative feedback? And that gives the team permission to kind of think about that scenario. And when it actually happens, it's okay. Like, you guys already accounted for that. And if you forge ahead or if you pause, you've already discussed as a team that that's, like, the thing that you would do in that scenario. Right. That makes sense. Okay, so... You go into the kickoff, you know what you're doing, you pick your dates, you're off into the races. So you said this is the shortest meeting of the week. Like, how long does, should this take? Probably less than 15 minutes. Yeah. Which is, I mean, looking back, I think at when I started at Drift, if someone said, oh, you kick off, kick off a project in 15 minutes, that seems insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're kicking off a project in three weeks, culminating in 15 minutes where everybody actually knows what they're doing. Right. I think that's wild. Are there any other tips and tricks that you have on what makes a good kickoff or what to look out for? I think the the risk one is probably the one that I've thought about most recently. Mm-hmm. Off-ramps, assigning success criteria to each of those milestones, not just to the end state, but mm-hmm. what are we looking for in between at each step? Something that's really important and something that a lot of teams don't do. And so you don't really have an opportunity to, to know if you're on the right track until the end which in some ways is like a continuation of that tracer bullet mentality. The tracer bullet doesn't necessarily stop at the kickoff phase. You kind of keep that approach going to iterate to that end state. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think what's really interesting to me is to call out that the product person in the room isn't saying, I need success criteria. You as an engineering leader are saying, we need success criteria to understand if what we're doing is working. And I think that's a really good example of how this process isn't, at least a drift, isn't about the PM telling anyone what to do. The PM actually, I rarely say anything in the kickoff because I don't, I'm not building it. I'm not the one who's delivering it. I'm just here to make sure that I'm aligned around what we're doing in the date, but it's really on you guys to do, to do the work. So I think it's really important that the kickoff is really where I see the the baton getting passed from design to engineering. And you guys are like, okay, it's our turn. We're going to take this over. Sure. Yeah. I, I could buy that. All right. So it wouldn't be a Drift podcast without book recommendations. You already talked about Turn the Ship Around. Yeah. What other books would you recommend for people who are about to embark on a building journey? Ooh, my favorite building book of 2019, at least, was... It's every- 2020. I know it's 2020 now, but I haven't read that many books yet this okay. year. <laughs> I give you one from this year so far. Okay. The one that I read recently was Every Tool's a Hammer by Adam Savage. It's one of the Mythbusters. I think it's an amazing exercise in breaking down and building things, breaking down problems and then building things. If you make anything from software to movie set props, he's got a lot of great tips of how to manage that process, how to think about that process, and also a lot of cool perspectives on how different strategies work for different people too, which is always fun to see. You said you had one from this year? Oh, yeah. The other one that I've been reading recently was factfulness, and especially when it comes to thinking about success criteria, how to think about data. Factfulness is really awesome. It was on Bill Gates' best books of the year list, I think. And it's just a a really awesome perspective on how to think about data, especially in the context of, like, the global kind of world context. Awesome. Well, thanks to you, Ren, for coming on the show. You heard it here. If you can't kick off your work in 15 minutes or less, you probably are doing it wrong. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Best part of the week. Yes. Shortest meeting of our week. 